In this episode, the college football playoff is set. Georgia plays Ohio State, Michigan plays TCU, and all of the bowl games have been assigned and are ready to go. Plus, there's been a few big transfer names and projections circling around. Plus, Justin Verlander, where's he going? You'll find that and a little bit more on this episode of the Guest Road Podcast. Here we go. It is Tuesday, December 6th. Welcome back to the Get Stuck Podcast. Everything is just dandy. It is swell. Michigan beats Purdue 43-22 to in Indianapolis. And let me just say that game was phenomenal. I was there with my parents, my sister, and one of our family friends. It was a great time. Indianapolis was rockin'. The Lucas Oil Stadium was a blast. It is a great venue to watch a football game. And I feel bad for Colts fans. They are not doing the greatest right now. But for Big Ten fans, it was amazing. Of course, the game was mostly dominated by Michigan. But Purdue kept it close in the first half. Uh, They were down 14-13 going into halftime. And that's when Michigan decided to turn on the gas pedal and just floor it. And they did super well. And Purdue always tried to come back a little bit, try to get it to a closer game. Of course, it didn't really work out that well. Michigan was just too much. And with that win, they secured their spot in the Big Ten Championship for the second year in a row. And in the college football playoff, Georgia destroying LSU 50-30. to securing their bid for the CFP and TCU, even though they did not win the big 12 turn championship against Kansas state. It was a 31 28 game. I believe it was really close. Um, They still secured their spot with one loss. It was a close loss and they proved, you know, even with that loss, they can still get the job done and they can bring it back and make it a close game when they really wanted to. And that was really refreshing to see. And now the only thing that, of course, did not do any of those things. They did not play in a championship. They did not win a championship. But they lost to their biggest rival by double digits was Ohio State. And they, they were, in my mind, and I believe in the committee's mind, they were the most qualified to get in. And that is, of course, because... USC just got dismantled by Utah. And had USC won, they would have been in. And everyone's kind of on Alabama's case for a few reasons. Because um, Nick Saban was was kind of lobbying for Alabama to get into the playoff. And I am so glad that the committee saw that Alabama did not deserve a spot. Because they have two losses, no championship game, and they yes, they lost close games to LSU and to Tennessee, but those are losses that you really have to cons- put into consideration. And, ten- and Tennessee beat LSU, 
and Georgia beat LSU and Tennessee. And I still am a little perplexed why Tennessee is not in front of Bama. I think the biggest reason being they just got demolished by South Carolina in a 63-23 to destruction game. I think that's what the score was. But, <clears throat> excuse me, college football playoff is set. I'm excited to see what Michigan can do against TCU. They are, as of right now, a nine-point favorite over the Horned Frogs. And considering how they played against Purdue, and Purdue put up a big fight. They put up one heck of a fight. I am honestly surprised that Purdue put up that big of a fight. But then again, they're playing LSU in the former Outback Bowl. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but... As the Bulls get closer, I'll talk about them more, the matchups, what I think, who's going to win. And right now, I'm going to call it right now, Georgia-Michigan in the national championship. And Ohio State, they are not playing without Jackson Smith-Najigma as he is opting out for the NFL draft. He's a great wide receiver. I wish him best of luck. And that is a big loss for Ohio State because he would have been healthy for that game against Georgia. And as this game gets closer, I'm really going to be excited to talk about this matchup plus Michigan and TCU. But until then, we're just going to have to wait. Now that the regular season is finished and it's on to the postseason for college football, this is kind of the biggest time now where the transfer portal is in full swing. And with uh, Deion Sanders going to Colorado bring in some of his luggage as he put it and several players are going to every which way such as already one cornerback I believe out of Arizona State is heading to Michigan if I remember this correctly and there's just a lot going on in the transfer portal already it's it's basically like when you're not getting enough playing time you can just go somewhere else and it has its perks, but at the same time, it defeats the purpose of eligibility in my mind, and it defeats the purpose of competing at a much higher level. And you're really going to either A, a better team, or B, a team that's rebuilding, but it should be better in the next year, and you're getting good, you're going to get more playing time at that said school. And one of the biggest transfer portal news is DJU, I'm not going to try to attempt his last name. It is it is difficult, and I will definitely butcher it, but he, is, he was the former starting quarterback at Clemson. He is now in the transfer portal, and he has so many options on where to go. And Cade McNamara is going to Iowa, and that has some mixed reviews. And I will just say the portal is all it's a blessing in disguise and it's also a curse a blessing because it allows players to see where they can play more competitively where they think it may be a better fit for them to play and also a curse because it leaves people in the dust that relied on you and frankly i have no college experience whatsoever in playing football i was in the marching band at a division two school and with the transfer portal, it I'd say from the outside in, depending on where you are, it looks like a curse because 
your star quarterback, let's say, leaves after not getting the playing time he deserves and thinking he could take his talents elsewhere. That's kind of a disappointment for that team, i.e. DJU out of Clemson. And then again, it's the player's decision. It's not the coach kicking them out. It's not the school kicking them out. It's the player. And if they feel like their talents aren't being adequately utilized, they're going to find somewhere else where they think they will. Take Cade McNamara for an example. He lost QB1 to J.J. McCarthy after not having a great performance in the opener, and then he got injured against, I believe it was Colorado State, had to have surgery. Now he believes he can be a starter at Iowa, and I wish him the best of luck. And Iowa's offense is in desperate need of a good quarterback. They Iowa just has struggled offensively. Their defense has been far better than average, but their offense has just struggled, and they only make, on average, 12 passes per game, which is incredibly low. So I hope Cade turns that offense around, makes them an actual true contender in the West, much like Luke Fickle trying to make Wisconsin a contender in the West, maybe P.J. Fleck making Minnesota. Brett Belima making Illinois. So I'm I'm actually really interested to see how the West shakes down next year with all of these moves happening in the West. And there are a few players transferring to the East as well, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and possibly Michigan State. But honestly, the Big Ten is it's looking like it could be very competitive in the future, not just on the West, but the East of course, is always competitive. But then again, I don't want to speak too soon about it. But then again, we'll have to see and wait. Just like I said in the last short segment. Let's wait and see. Kind of switching gears now to college basketball. The new uh, rankings dropped, and Houston is number one in the country. They're not even a Power 5 school. I will... I'm actually kind of excited about that. And then Texas is number two. They're battling it out right now against Illinois, who is a three-point lead over the Illini. And I got to say, this basketball season is wild, to say the least. It is truly wild, and it is hectic, and it's not over. Gonzaga has a few losses. Virginia is undefeated. Purdue is undefeated. UConn is undefeated. Kansas, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, all have one loss. Duke has two losses. Kentucky has two losses. Gonzaga has three. UCLA has two. Creighton has three. And then again, it's it's a hectic season. And there are plenty of undefeated teams left. Houston, Texas, Virginia, Purdue, UConn. And then you also have Maryland, who's undefeated. You have Mississippi State, who's undefeated. You have Auburn, who's undefeated. There's a whole lot going on in the NCAA realm of basketball. And I know I talk about it a little less at this time of year, but it's picking up. Uh, college football's coming down to a close. Hockey's big, and I need to talk about that more. But basketball... Oh my goodness, this is going to be a wild March Madness, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a wild rest of the season. As there are teams that I really did not expect to be on this list. 
that are good, such as San Diego State, TCU is on this list. UConn, trying to regain their blue blood status. Purdue is one of the best teams in the country. Houston, like I said a minute ago, they're number one in the country. Texas, number two in the country. This is going to be a very exciting season. I am really excited to see how this all shakes out at the very end when March Madness comes around. But for my Michigan Wolverines, they need to find a way to step up their game. They've lost close games to to good teams. And what they need to do is find a way to finish and defend the block, the rim, and they need to make sure that they can finish and compete against these good teams. And they have North Carolina coming up, who is a very good team as well. And they're not ranked anymore, but they are definitely a good team. And until they can figure out that I'm not going to have any more higher expectations than I already am now. And Juwan Howard is a good coach. Uh, Tom Izzo is a good coach. Coach K, when he before he retired, was a good coach. I can go on and on and on, but Michigan needs to find a way to get it done. Michigan State's not even in the rankings. They need. They were red hot in the beginning of the season after they lost to Gonzaga. Now they're dropped out of the rankings. Same thing with North Carolina. Same thing with Iowa, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Xavier, Memphis, New Mexico, and Miami. All these teams are relatively good. Just because they're not in the rankings doesn't mean they're not good. But it, then again, it just really depends on your point of view on how good they can be. But when it, when it's all said and done, it's going to be a great season, ladies and gentlemen. College basketball is in full swing, and you should really be paying attention to it because a lot can happen in these next few months. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to these games. And if there's a big matchup, I'm definitely going to talk about it. So the MLB has been over with for a few months. Houston Astros won the World Series in the most unsurprising way. Uh, Aaron Judge is uh, rumored to go to the Mets, but I don't believe that's actually going to be the case. It was just a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. And then you have several people, such as I'd say the biggest guy being... Uh, Justin Verlander is going to the Mets. One-year deal with the Mets. And I got to say, this is this is, this is is news to me. And he just won a World Series. And I, I'm honestly surprised he's not going to be playing for the Houston Astros next year. And with all this stuff happening, Cody Bellinger going to the Cubs. Andrew Haney is signing a two-year deal with the Rangers. Josh Bell and the Guardians are in in agreement. Tommy Conley and the Yankees are in agreement. Trey Turner is landing a mega deal with the Phillies. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. Mitch Haniger and the Giants agreed to a three-year, $43.5 million deal. Excuse me. Justin Verlander is leaving. On a two-year, $86 million contract. 
and the Dodgers are re-signing Clayton Kershaw. No surprise there. Detroit and Matthew Boyd are in agreement. There's just a whole lot going on. So if you are a big fan of baseball, this is something you really need to pay attention to because there's a lot shaking up in the MLB. And some teams are going to look vastly different than what they did this past season. And I know for the Detroit Tigers, they're bringing in new staff. They're trying to revamp all of the Detroit Tigers glory, much like how AJ Hinch did with the Astros. But of course, what people fail to understand is that success happens, but it does not happen nearly as quickly as what people want it to. It takes time for things to progress. Look at the Lions. They have been in the process for over 50 years of getting to where they are now, which they have, they're now five and seven. I know they, I kind of switched over back to football, but they're five and seven. They are looking much more like a complete team now. They only had two guys who are not healthy against the Jags. And I got to say, Lions, they're starting, or what appears to be starting, to look like a team that can compete. And don't get me wrong, they've always been able to compete. They just have never been good at it. But going back to baseball, the Tigers are looking like they could be in the same boat. And they had a lot of rookies and young stars that were promising, and they kind of fell short. And I hope that they can rebound from that from last season. And the first name that pops in my head is Spencer Tolkelson. He was in and out of Detroit faster than anybody. He went down to Toledo. He came back from Toledo. He went back down and so on and so forth. So I really think that in this offseason, the Detroit Lions have a lot of work to do to get their starting roster ready in check and trainable and with good health and fitness for this season. And with these new coaches coming in, I can't remember anyone in specific terms. I just hope that teams that weren't able to be in a better position than they were can get to that better position, such as the Reds, such as the Cubs, such as the Rangers, Tigers, you name it. But I can say for certainty, the preseason favorite to win again is either going to be A, the Astros, or B, the Dodgers, or even maybe the Yankees, possibly the Red Sox. All of these big, historic, blue blood teams in the MLB. But again, it's still the beginning of the offseason. Things are about to go down in the MLB. Stay tuned for that. I'm definitely not the most reliable source on that, but stay tuned for whoever you follow and see what moves they make this offseason. Before I go, I mentioned the Lions in my last segment, but I'm going to mention them again. They destroyed, D-E-S-T-R-O-Y-E-D, destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars at Ford Field, 40-14. to When they were originally a one-point favorite, the defense got it done. The offense scored on every single possession they had. They had eight possessions. They scored on each and every one. They did not punt the ball once, which is 
phenomenal. It is truly a sight to see. And things are looking better. Jared Goff had a great game. Amon Ross, St. Brown had a great game. The backfield, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams had a great game. DJ Chark had a revenge game against his former team. And let me just say this. The Lions, they can be the Lions sometimes, but this Lions team, they're not the same old Lions anymore. They are a team that is looking to become better and actually compete in the playoffs. They're going to try to break the curse that has been haunting them for for decades. I almost said centuries. They're not that old of a team, but for decades. And with this win over the Jaguars, Jared Goff going 31 for 41, 340 yards, two touchdowns. Swift, 14 carries, 62 yards, and one touchdown. Amir Ross St. Brown, excuse me, 11 catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. My goodness, this is a good team. This is a better team than what a lot of people were probably anticipating about. And this team is much different than last season. This is a team that actually has come to play. They gambled quite a bit for to get in this position, and they are finally, finally investing in their future with good rookies and careful picks and getting Jared Goff as he kind of slumped in Los Angeles, and he's building about himself back up. He is looking like a quarterback that Detroit can hold on to for the next few years. And he feels comfortable in the pocket. He feels comfortable with this team. And I got to say, I love it. I love it. And you're always going to get the haters out there where they say, oh, the Lions, they're going to choke again. You know what? They might. But they exceeded my expectations already. They surpassed their win total from last year. And ever since they've gone one and six, and the first seven games, they're now four and one. They are now four and one, ladies and gentlemen. That is a vast improvement from the last seven games and on to the next four. And they are hosting the Minnesota Vikings next week. If they win that, then they control their destiny to potentially get a wild card spot. Now, is it possible that they do? Absolutely. A lot needs to happen for that such as Washington, Seattle, and the Giants really need to shift things around. But again, Detroit is looking like a much better team. They nearly beat the Bills. They should have beat the Bills, but they nearly beat the Bills. They they manhandled the Lions. They manhandled the Giants. They are probably going to manhandle the Jets when they go back to New York. They'll be... They'll uh, excuse me. They'll play a good game against the Vikings. Honestly, I think they'll manhandle the Panthers and the Bears and the Packers. Well, maybe not the Packers. The Packers are actually looking pretty consistent now. But I gotta say, Detroit is looking good. Seattle, my goodness, you guys are looking phenomenal too. You guys are looking phenomenal. You control the NFC West right now. Right, maybe right behind. San Francisco, yeah, you're seven and five. You're just behind San Francisco right now. And Arizona and Los Angeles, they they stink. They really do. The Bears, 
after losing to the Packers at home, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Houston has already been eliminated from the pro- from the playoffs. That's mathematically eliminated. And Denver Broncos, if they lose next weekend, where they lost by one to the Ravens, if they lose to the Chiefs, which is looking like they will, they're not going to be in the playoffs anymore. Russell Wilson looks terrible. I'm sorry. He just does not look like the fit that we all thought he was going to be in Denver. The players don't like him that much. Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach, is an abysmal play caller. I'm sorry, but the Broncos are a dumpster fire right now. The Seahawks, when they when this first came out about this trade, everyone said, oh, the Broncos won this trade. That is not the case. The Seahawks won this trade by a landslide. Yes, Brock is... Uh, their court, the quarterback that they traded for is not starting in this Geno Smith's position, but the Broncos are tanking. The Seahawks get some draft picks, and those draft picks, I believe, they're sitting at number two right now, if I am not mistaken, because of how terrible the Broncos are. And let me just be clear. The Broncos, everyone thought they'd be contending that. AFC West. They're not even close. They are last in their di- con- their uh, their division. I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. I'm just kind of babbling about the Broncos. But then again, they have good players. Management is okay. It's the coaching and the play calling. And Russell Wilson just looks lost out there sometimes. He looks flustered. He looks rushed. And He's still calling Seattle plays. And everyone's looking at him like, you're crazy, dude. What are you doing? But my goodness, Denver, 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 Denver. The Jacksonville Jaguars look better than you. And they have Doug Peterson, who is, I'm not trying to trying to shoot a shot at Doug Peterson. I think he's a, he's a great coach. I don't know why Philadelphia let him go. That's their mistake. But they're looking better than they did last year after Urban Meyer situation the Colts I don't want to get into the Colts they are that's a different story for a different day but the Bills Dolphins Ravens Titans Chiefs Eagles Vikings Lions Buccaneers 49ers and Seahawks I'd say almost every other team looks better than the Broncos but there's still time for them to slowly slowly change things around but until that happens, I am going to just be frustrated at Russell Wilson because I bought a jersey a month before he got traded, and I'm still mad about it. And I believe Seattle would not be in the position they are now if they had kept Russell Wilson. And Geno Smith, veteran quarterback, love the guy. He is amazing. He is phenomenal. They are doing things right after going down in a landslide in Seattle and I am so glad they have rebounded from this debacle so until we see some change with the Broncos my feelings are how they are I feel like a lot of people can agree with me on this one that does it for me on this Tuesday edition of the Get Stoked podcast 
Come back Friday as I am talking more sports. I'm going to dive into hockey a little bit. I'm going to dive into NBA, G League, and college basketball. I'm going to talk about the Army-Navy game, which is coming up. That is the only college football game on Saturday. And I am also going to talk about the NFL, if there's any more baseball stuff. I'm talking about everything and anything. And Friday cannot come any sooner. A lot of stuff's going to happen between now and then. Have a good week. We will see you on Friday.